everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody it's wednesday night and i've got a cat so she's gonna be all over me just so you know she's already <laughs> been up in my business so she'll probably be purring into my mic before we know oh here's Miss <laughs> she comes is joining yep. us this evening she is just Really wants to be a part of the show really bad. Well, I've been working on resin all day and you can't really pet a cat while you're working no. on resin. So I'm like, okay, you mm. got to get down. You got to get down. And she's like, damn it. <laughs> it's my turn. That really huh. seems like a, a real disaster. Yeah. To oh my pet a cat while God. you're doing resin. Oh my God. Mm. I'm already my trying to keep dog and cat hair out of it just because, you know, it's everywhere in my house. It's, oh yeah. It is my all of us. The biggest fear in doing resin would be to get it in my hair because mm. holy shit. Yes. But yeah, getting it on the cat would be, it would be really bad because you wouldn't want them to lick it off and mm -hmm. oh, that would be a mess. Yes, it would. Not good at all. Yeah. Well, on that note, you have very exciting news. I do. I made good on my promise. My Etsy store is up. I'm going to share a link with you, but it is called Fidget Whimsy. So you want to share the screen and give us a tour? Sure, I could do that. Let's do that. I've got it up here. You share the screen. I'll show you what I've got. I'm really proud of it because I've been saying I was going to do this for, well, possibly a really long time. <laughs> finally have so i'm also really proud of it because i'm really having a lot of fun with it i love the name so super do you like the name mm -hmm. i i just think that's what i like to make is fun fun whimsical stuff that has whimsy about it yeah so if i scroll can you see that if i yep. scroll okay so i do actually have seven items well it's actually more than seven because these all have multiples but i have several items up uh, these potion pendants are one of the things I'm the most excited about, and I will show you some of them in person here in a minute. But I also have these little potion mushrooms that are made of resin, and they have a little potion bottle inside of them that has a little um, potion that goes back, you know, that moves back and forth and is made of mica powder, and so it's sparkly and stuff. Yeah. Uh, my unicorn is up here. Some of you that were interested in it, I actually have two of her up there she i have this so freaking cute isn't she cute mm -hmm. i have this cool mermaid tail she is awesome um she's like sits with her tail up and down the bottom half of her is also a fidget potion that is um shakeable and movable and it mm -hmm. will settle all the way down and turn clear and then you can shake it up again you know love just it. silly stuff like that that I don't know about you guys, but I love stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then these little kitties are uh, like that as well. They have a little fidget potion in them as well. That I've got a gold one and a green one on here. And there. I'm going to have a lot more of these as well because they're really fun. But those little down the center of their bodies moves and shakes. And then the whales. Oh, I love the whales. And I've got three different kinds here. 
but they have a little fidget potion in them as well and it will settle all the way to the bottom you can shake it up again and it gets you know bubbly and the water moves and stuff and then I'm my not... last thing these are not fidgets but i just think they're so pretty that i made a couple of them these are just i called them desk mascots if you need a unicorn mm -hmm. you need a little magic on your desk at work then here you go Which, who it. doesn't yeah right i'm pretty sure i always need some of that so or a talisman that will put a pox on your enemies yep right? i like it yeah mm -hmm. some good energy some you know kick your ass energy that kind of stuff <laughs> um so these are the pendants and i don't if you can see them it's just so hard to make them do give them justice but they are a little potion bottle that is full of different gemstones mm -hmm. and and then a potion in them that makes them move so that was a rainbow moonstone one this is a peridot one nice um here's this is uh, aquamarine they're really fun and they come on a chain like i'm wearing one this is a rainbow moonstone one um and so they come on a chain so you can wear them as a pendant and then i just never stop messing around with them mm, so i love it the uh, pictures will never be able to do those justice but i know, I know the person how beautiful they are this is um one of the mushrooms cute little guy these probably one of my most favorite things are these whales here's this little whale oh. see how the the color has settled so it's just mm -hmm. this bluey purple water and then when you shake it then he gets his Oh, he's so cute. I love it. And then this is the little green kitty. And she okay. has a little potion down the center that does the same kind of thing. So Aww. anyway, um, yeah. So it's it's Fidget Whimsy on Etsy. I'm going to post the link, but feel free to go check it out. There's going to be lots more. This is just the very beginning because I actually have a lot of other things, too, that I'm working on. Um, but anyway, I have been having a great time making this stuff. And so I just wanted to share it all with you. If it looks like something you would enjoy, please go check it out. It's well, I love it. I'm super proud of you for getting your store up and posted. Thank you. Yes. I don't know why it's so much easier to create than it is to post your stuff. I, it's oh gosh, dumb as hell, right? but it really is. I don't know. I think it's the photography. The That's a block. Mm -hmm. The photography is freaking hard, you guys, mm -hmm. to get pictures to turn out that really show you what these look like and get mm -hmm. little videos that show you what they do and stuff. It is a lot harder um, than it might seem. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the thing that holds me back. But, you know, I'm getting there now. Mm -hmm. Well, very good. Yeah. So if you're, a, you know, an ADD fidgeter like me, I, I'm about to have an entire store built just for you. Well, I think a lot of people are so. Right, I know it is fun to have. I love these uh, these egg pendants so much because they're really they're very, cute. very smooth and they're so mm -hmm. sparkly and shiny, and then the the crystals move inside of them. Like, oh, there's a lot guys. of selling points there that that uh, the the hand feel, and then yes, the, the crystals and the wiggle and ah, oh, I love it. Because I don't know about you guys if you're fidgeter, but. I have to have smooth things. Like I'm very picky about, I have tons and tons of crystals that I use as worry stones and stuff, but man, it has to be something that is smooth. I cannot do a bumpy, ridgy um, kind of stone. 
yes, there are really cute fidget spinner molds. I'm going to be playing with those, see what I can do in there mm -hmm. uh, with those as well. So yeah, so many more things coming, but hey, go give Fidget Whimsy, Whimsy a check out because it's, it's absolutely fun little, fun little shop. I will it. admit I spelled the name wrong. And so when I originally opened it this morning, I opened it with the name spelled wrong. Oh, and no. it took me like half a day to figure out how to change the dang name. And I was able to. <laughs> and I'm like, my God. You know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dance Fitness said, it's always a dilemma coming to Wednesday night because I love watching. But then what the hell do I listen to on my Thursday morning drive to work? I true. True. I don't know. I guess re-listen, maybe. I don't know. Or go like way I, I back to some really old stuff and, and listen to that. Sure. But I don't know. But I'm glad you're here anyway. Yes. Chelsea, we did. So here's what I have to say about this. So the LA Innocence Project has picked up uh, the Scott Peterson case. And that yes. set everybody's hair on fire because we're like, what the hell are they talking about? Right. The, there was so much evidence. Like it was circumstantial, but there was a lot of it. And mm -hmm. Here's the thing to know. The LA Innocence Program or Innocence Project has nothing to do with the Innocence Project. And yeah. they have made it very clear they have nothing to do with this. They don't know anything about it. This is not the Innocence Project that you think it is or maybe that you think it is. So know that. Yeah, that yeah no one can even like, Maureen. Yeah. The the Innocence what? What are they doing? Yeah, it's not it's not the same group. I'm so no. glad it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got a lot. There's so much, like, you know, as we've said, the courts are really in high gear all of a sudden. Everything is mm -hmm. really rolling. Uh, but some funny stuff, uh, interesting stuff came out this week about the Adelsons. Yes. So, first of all, as it turns out, Donna Adelson was a contestant on the on Wheel of Fortune a long ass time ago. And we have a short clip of a, that. But we also have, I'm going to share the first three minutes of body cam footage from uh, Donna Adelson getting arrested at the airport. Yep. Now, she and her husband were flying out on a one-way ticket to Vietnam when they grabbed her. No, and that didn't seem sketchy at all. Not at <laughs> all. She had a fit about leaving her husband at the airport. My husband is 80, nearly 80 years old and he can't get himself home. Watch her husband in this video and tell me that man couldn't get himself home. Yeah. Uh, her basic body uh, language, the way she talks to the cops, like all of it, you're like, yep, this is that same entitled bitch that we thought it was. Okay. So I'm going to show you that. But also, rumor has it that Wendy Adelson was also on a talk show or a, a game show many moons ago. And that's the one where if you lose, they say, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. So, Wendy, I think it's fitting. I think you had that coming. It is. Uh, that When you said it was that game show, all I could think of was that host saying mm -hmm. that. I really wish like, we had a oh, clip yeah. of that one. I, I want to see someone tell her she's the weakest link and goodbye. But um, So much so. I guess it's how it is. Hey, Rose. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. The whole thing makes me sick too, Kaylin. The Scott Peterson thing. Yeah. He told his girlfriend his wife was dead 16 days before she was murdered. It, this is such a Chad Daybell bullshit thing that I can't even. But anyway, 
let's go ahead and enjoy about four minutes of Donna Adelson's shame. Three minutes and 46 seconds of it. Here we go. It's coming, sweetheart. I got it. It's coming. Just All right. Do you have her driver's license? I'm sorry. Her driver's It's in my. It's in my. Yeah. It's in my. We now meet the doctor. Let's go. Well, um, I'm a domestic coordinator. A domestic coordinator. Yes. For for the activities, classes, and lessons of my son Robert, who is 16, Charlie, who is 12, Wendy, who is 10, my husband Harvey, who's in the audience, and my dog. And how old is Sam? Five. Five. Yes, there are two M's. Let them come up. You have five seconds. <laughs> That's quite the hairdo oh, there, Donna. <laughs> yeah, 
and she was domestic coordinator. I think that's that was code for a housewife, maybe. Yes. Nothing wrong it with is. it, but uh, okay, Donna. Kind of funny way to say it. Yeah. Well, when they tell her she's under arrest for the murder, uh, and she says, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> that's right. And her husband, oh, please don't do this. I know. I'm like, you two uh, are fleeing the country, bro. What are you talking right, about? Right. Yeah. And he, he didn't seem like a daughtery old man at all. She just started making that up. And he right? just went, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I can't, you know, just went along with it. But like, <laughs> right. come on, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. So, anyway, I thought you'd enjoy that. Uh, I did. And yeah. you're right, Kaylin. She never do, did say I didn't do it. I'm innocent. No, just the big like, eye roll. Well, here we go. Knew, yeah, like she knew exactly what was happening. Mm -hmm. Well, where am I going? Uh, jail, bitch. What do you mean, where you are you going? Doing? Yeah. I'll tell you where you're not going Vietnam. That's where. Yeah, that is not a place you are going. No, not at all. Mm. But that gave me a, a pretty good giggle. Yeah. Uh, Christy, talk to us about what's going on in Crumbly. Oh, boy. Well, okay. So, uh, opening arguments begin tomorrow on Jennifer Crumbly's case. So, she is Ethan Crumbly's mother. He committed a mass shooting at his school in Michigan uh, just over a year ago. He pled guilty recently and was sentenced to life. He was 15 years old when he committed that crime. And so she and her husband, uh, James, have been in jail um, as long as Ethan's been in jail. They tried to flee. They were kind of headed toward the Canadian border when they were caught. And this is a really historic trial because mm -hmm. parents have never been charged criminally they're being charged with four counts of uh, involuntary manslaughter mm -hmm. for the deaths of the four people who died at Ethan's shooting. So up to just very recently, Jennifer and James's uh, case was joint. And they, I think the finger pointing is about to begin because they've separated their trials. So this first trial is Jennifer and then uh, James will be in... Um, March. Mm -hmm. So they've now paneled 12 jurors and five alternates. There are 10 women and seven men. Most of them are parents and a large number of them are gun owners and hunters mm -hmm. who will be asked to determine, you know, if she is in some way responsible for the deaths of four students who were killed by her son in the Oxford high school shooting. And it, this is powerful stuff because you know, we know um, that she and her husband provided the gun to him. We know that they took him out and taught him how to shoot it. We know that they were made aware multiple times of Ethan's failing mental health and did nothing to assist him. Uh -huh. uh, the day that the shooting happened, they were called to the school because he was writing and drawing scary shooting related things on his papers at school. Uh -huh. The school wanted them to take him home and get him to a counselor and they refused to take him uh -huh. home and left him there at the school. And he had that gun in his possession that whole time. Uh 
It yeah. was in his backpack while this was going on. That conversation was going on. It was only yeah. like an hour later after after this conversation happened and they refused to take him home that he started firing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the Crumblies have taken this all the way to the, Michi- the Michigan Supreme Court mm-hmm. to try to say this isn't fair and they shouldn't be held accountable. And uh, yeah, they have failed in that completely. Uh-huh. Uh, they are definitely, um, they've got no sympathy from the courts oh, at all. The Supreme Court said there's compelling evidence here. And they've been in jail on half a million dollar bonds this whole time and not been able to bond out. Uh-huh. Um, yes, she is trying to force Ethan to testify in this trial. Uh-huh. We know that um, Ethan is in the process of appealing his life sentence. And so if he is called to testify, he can only plead the fifth because of this uh, appeal that he is in the process of. So the jury selection is done, Lindsay. The case actually starts, opening arguments begin tomorrow. Uh-huh. The jury selection is done. They did that, you know, the first part of this week. So her, I'm so very curious to see how this trial goes. Uh-huh. Oh, me too. We've, we've seen some really damning stuff text messages between her and Ethan, where he's asking for help. You know, Ethan's talking about hearing voices and, you know, all kinds of terrible things. And, you know, these people didn't give a shit about their kid. They saw him tr- struggling and what they thought they should do is get him a gun and teach him how to right. use it. When he his asked to go to the doctor. He told he them take him. about how badly his mental health was and how scary it was and that he needed to go to the doctor and his dad told him he needed to man up yeah. or suck it up. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, there was just don't get caught. Um, a text to Ethan from her. There's a lot of really damning just communications between her. It was was that the day son. before the shooting? I think it was, it was the day before the shooting when he got caught uh, looking up ammo for the gun on the Internet yeah. during class. And his teacher reached out to his parents and his mom said, you're not in trouble. You just need to learn how to not get caught. Right. Okay. Right. And Deanna, not sure how Ethan, a convicted murderer, can help her case. Well, in at Ethan's sentencing, when he spoke, he said that what he had done was nobody's fault but his own. Mm -hmm. And so I think they're hoping that Ethan will try to, you know, mitigate this and say, my parents didn't know it's not their fault. But you know what? Ethan was a 15 year old kid. He can't determine if his parents were doing right by him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot. Yeah. Ethan's attorney has said no to testifying. So now um, Jennifer's attorney has asked to um, force Ethan Uh to testify in this trial. I, I don't think they can force him to testify against his own best interest in somebody no. else's trial. I, I don't know that they can. And also, well, they also were trying to block his uh, doctors from being able to testify. The doctors, right, which has been his doctors since the shootings, obviously yeah. not before. Right. Cause yeah, he never got any before, you know, we don't have any um, official diagnosis on Ethan, but that's, it's protected medical information. So they're not going to dare yeah. that with us, but he has most certainly been evaluated. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. He had told a friend. Um, when he said that he lied when he said his parents don't care that he was having mental health issues, except that we know that that isn't yeah. true because you can see it in their communications with each other. 
Yeah. And the fact that the whole time that they're having this conversation with him at school, worried about this, he's sitting there with that gun in his possession and his parents do not even know it's missing. Nope. Not until they hear that there's a shooting going on at his school and they instantly knew it was him. Dad yeah. ran home to see if the... Uh, gun was there and it wasn't and his mother texted him don't do it and she said she thought he was just going to kill himself yeah. which would have also that been was a okay but yeah. yeah these people were way too busy having affairs on each other to mm -hmm. give a shit about their kid and it's real obvious and i'm very curious to see what the court system does with the crumblies yeah they were also so. trying to block the video the surveillance video from the shooting yeah. And the judge said, uh, nope, that definitely should be in evidence. That is the key part of this, of this case. Crime. The judge also said that the video doesn't have any sound. And so mm. you only see what's happening. You don't hear what's happening. You're not going to hear the gunshots. You're not going to hear people screaming or the aftermath. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, so that is in some of the stuff. We're still not sure if it's going to be in or not. Uh, but yeah, not everything's been ruled on yet. So yeah. we'll see. But uh it's this we've been waiting for this case to hit mm -hmm. the, the to hit trial for a long time. Yeah. Because it was so painful to watch this situation when it when it first happened, when the shooting first happened, and to realize that these parents didn't even try to help their son. Mm -hmm. And he's 15 years old and he's been sentenced to life in prison for this. Yeah. A sentence that is now being appealed, but I think that's probably pretty standard and probably not something that's going to get him anywhere. But I don't think it is because they did that huge other hearing all about, you know, as of, at 15, can they give him life? And they did determine because of the severity of his crime and his behavior after the crime that, yes, they can. So, yeah, I don't think that appeal is going to go anywhere either. Yeah, I doubt but it. it's kind of convenient that they're doing it now because it does make it harder for him to testify. Yeah. To try to testify on his parents' behalf. Yeah, for sure. Funny, but they seem to think he was going to be their saving grace in uh, court and they're not getting that at all. Well, and they, they should also have been don't his saving grace that. from day one. Yep. Yeah. They don't. They don't deserve anything. No. The, the things that they have allowed to happen, oh, it's, it's horrifying. But it it's 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 going to bring about pause for other people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that those jurors are really going to be thinking about themselves in this situation. And they have guns in their house. And if their kid was having a mental health uh, situation, what would they be doing? And would it have been anything at all like what the Kremlis did, which was nothing? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, one of the jurors. Yeah. I can't believe made it on to the jury. They must have all been out of strikes because, or the defense must have been, because she said that she was raised hunting and raised in a house mm -hmm. with guns until her sister was a victim of, uh, she wasn't shot, but she was involved in a school shooting. And oh, then wow. uh, their family ceased to have guns in their house after that. I'm surprised she made it on that jury too. Wow. She made it onto the jury. I my only thought is that the defense didn't have any strikes left because holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was because yeah, one she... of the main things they talked to the jurors about was guns. What are yeah. their thoughts about guns? Do they have guns? Did they raise, you know, were they raised with guns? And uh 
it's very interesting to see what some of their answers were, but that one particularly kind of blew my mind. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm glad that there are a lot of gun owners on this try on this jury yeah. and that there are a lot of parents mm-hmm. who are also gun owners because I do believe, you know, we we grew up with guns mm-hmm. and we grew up with safety around guns and guns sure. being locked up and ammunition being locked up and there is certainly a way to do it in which you don't risk the safety of anyone and that someone having a mental health situation doesn't have access. Right. It's yeah. Yes, the mother of the six-year-old that shot the teacher did get sentenced for negligence. That was a big one. Also, uh, the parade shooter. Oh, Cruz. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Robert Cremo Jr. Cremo, His his father has also been charged because he uh, he signed off as basically the supervisor for his son to have weapons before he was uh, old enough to do that on his own. No, after he had had the police at their house because he had threatened to kill his family. He was making school shooting videos and all this shit. And he went out and helped him get those AKs. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. So there have been some other cases, but this is the first time that the parents have actually been charged with murder. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Manslaughter. These are all. Yeah. Manslaughter. But actually charged in the death. Years. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, right. So. I mean, that's my opinion. I mean, if your kid gets a hold of your gun and does something like this with it, that's your gun. Yeah. That's your gun. You should be responsible. I Well, yeah, they bought this gun for Ethan for Christmas, but Ethan's 15 yeah. years old and can't actually own a gun by himself. Yeah. So, yeah, that gun was theirs to be um, responsible for. And, boy, they weren't. They kept it in their nightstand, you guys. And yeah. It wasn't even locked up. Exactly where he oh. knew it was. I think my kitty was purring into my microphone for you. She oh. loves to do that. <laughs> well, thank you, Miss Sanders. <laughs> mm-hmm. All righty. Well, let's talk, you guys. I knew. I figured when Nicholas Alaverdian got uh, back to the States that he was going to be uh, interesting. A huge and pain in the ass. <laughs> we saw the hearing last week where he was, you know, speaking with his you know, proper like Shakespearean English accent and pretending to be the night guy and all of that stuff and had the judge so perplexed. Well, this week he was due in court yesterday and he refused to leave his cell. And (laughs) so they had to go back to the court and say, "Uh, he's not here. He refused to leave his cell. We couldn't get him. And she said, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's reschedule for next week. And here's how it's going to be. We will use force. So uh, are we going to see this dumbass in court next week, like handcuffed into a wheelchair that they had to wrestle him into? (laughs) My husband said, I think they should just strap him to a dolly. (laughs) (laughs) Strap him to a dolly. Yeah, no kidding. I really want to see him wheeled into court strapped to a dolly. (laughs) That's so funny. Thank you, Deanna. I will let Sandy know that you love her. (laughs) he is a very good girl no he He cannot cannot refuse refuse. no (laughs) not in criminal cases so um i i really hope uh well we'll see next week what happens but uh yeah that poor utah jail they don't know what the hell just hit them (laughs) they don't (laughs) and right jr i hope so too i hope we get video 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're gonna record a video of him getting wrestled into a wheelchair or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thoroughly entertained. Well, and they need to be a bit careful with him because he kicked a guard in the face in jail in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I mean, he pretends to be this disabled guy, but he is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter style. Hopefully he has one of those big pairs of underpants on his face. Yeah. I was thinking that, yeah, that Hannibal Lecter on a dolly kind of situation. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. kidding. Is he going to have to wear a spit guard? And... Just to be sure. I mean, if he's going to be hostile, then they're going to have to treat him like he's hostile. Yeah. So, well, he... I mean, sucks to suck he there, Nick. I don't know what to say. As hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's change gears for a minute and talk about the uh, the deaths in Kansas City. So we did a segment oh on this uh, already this week, but of course these are the three men that were found uh, deceased in their friend's backyard after uh, spending a Sunday afternoon there uh, watching the Kansas City game and then apparently just partying there. Well, there was a fifth friend there and that person has finally spoken up. And unfortunately for the homeowner, his story varies. The homeowner yes. says he walked them all to the door and went to bed and that he thought they left. While the fifth friend says that's not true, that his timeline and his story isn't really matching up. He says that uh, he was there and they were watching Jeopardy around midnight. First, he said they had been playing video games. That's what the homeowner said. And then, he, you know, his story has changed a few times. The friend says when he was there, uh, they were watching Jeopardy and that he left around midnight and they were all still there watching TV together and hanging out. And so it definitely uh, pokes a bit of a hole in his story Mm -hmm. and definitely makes you wonder like what, uh, what's going on? For one thing, he said, the homeowner said that he, last time he saw them, they were leaving the house. But then he also has said he didn't know that they had left. There's just a lot yeah, of things he just, that he said he that don't make sense. He changing his story. None of it makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. It's just so strange. Well, and they tried to say that this last guy that, that, that has just come forward, that he was the last person to see all of these men alive, basically yeah. trying to, you know, say he may, you know, maybe he knows something. And he's like, uh, yeah. no. Uh, everyone was alive and well when I left and, you know, yep. and I mean, none of this tracks. I mean, the guy, he walks them all to the door and he thinks they leave and he goes in his room and goes to bed. And mm-hmm. two days later, when the police show up about b- bodies in his backyard, he's like, oh, like mm-hmm. it doesn't, none of it makes any sense. Yep. Lots of lies being told. And of course we are still waiting for, well, no one knows what happened, Jr. Nobody knows. So these friends, these uh, three friends, well, four, obviously, were all at this dude's house watching the game and hanging out. And then uh, none of them went home. And by Monday, their families were really confused about what was happening, where they were. They sent lots of text messages to the missing men, but also to the homeowner, the friend. And he hadn't uh, responded to any of them. And 
they actually, some of them had been to the house. Two of the men's cars were still sitting there. They knocked on the door. Nobody answered. Finally, on Tuesday, the fiance of one of the men actually broke a window and broke into the house and walked out onto the back porch and was, you know, yelling for people and nobody was answering. Walked out on the back porch and discovered uh, one of the men dead on the back porch. So she called the police. Yep. When the police get there, the homeowner wanders out of his bedroom in his underwear, carrying an empty wine glass, and was like, oh, hi. Just acted like nothing. Yeah. After all this. And then, of course, they found two other, the other two men in the yard. Basically, the homeowner was like, yeah, they must have just, like, froze to death out there. What able-bodied men just wandered outside and froze to death? Yeah, their coats, keys, and phones were all in the house. It was just them. Yeah. No, he says that uh, he didn't notice their cars. He First, he said he'd been in and out a little bit, uh, but hadn't noticed their cars. Then the lawyer said, I didn't mean in and out of the house, actually. That is what he said. But he said, I actually just meant in and out of his bedroom a little bit. So for two whole days, this dude had not left his bedroom enough. Right. Now, one thing that had been said is that he has dogs that would have had to have been going out to go potty. So how could he not have been outside? Right. Uh, it turns out the dogs weren't there. They were with oh. someone else. So they weren't buried. They were under some snow, but not like fully buried in snow. They were dusted. But, I mean, their bodies were frozen solid because it was during that time that was so cold. Yeah. Right. Were we supposed to believe he didn't eat anything for two whole days? Because the kitchen sink looks right out over... The backyard. Right. Exactly. Right. Like he's full of shit. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. I don't know what he thought was going to happen that like their cars are still there. Everything's still there. Like he's not trying to conceal anything. I mean, did he take some weird drugs? Did he give them some weird drugs? Like what the hell? Oh, the fifth guy says the dogs were there. So I'm relying on his attorney and shouldn't be. Wow. The story changes multiple times Mm -hmm. a day. Yeah. You know? So we're waiting for autopsies and talk screens. So nobody really knows what happened at this point, but it just seems awfully sus. Yeah, he could yeah. have been on a bender. It seems like maybe he was. They're saying that he's actually uh, a brilliant scientist, this guy. Well, doesn't he work in pharmaceuticals? Mm-hmm. He does. And so that's another question. He works in pharmaceuticals. So did he have access to something? Right. Which... You know? trying something out what the hell was going on so well i'm sure we'll hear plenty more about it and yeah now he's supposedly moved he was loading up a u-haul last week to get the hell out of there (laughs) yeah the families are at first the police were like yeah no there's uh nothing to see here these guys just froze to death sure that's what happens yeah yeah, that, no. And so the families are jumping up and down and absolutely demanding a better investigation and to know what happened. And mm-hmm. I thought it'll be forthcoming. But anyway, that's what's, uh, that's what's up with that. It's as so of now. weird. Mm-hmm. And there, I wonder if we'll ever really know the true story. I guess the, it's, it's the autopsies that are going to really answer questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, Christy, talk to us about Michael Turney. Oh, you guys. Okay. 
So Michael Turney, of course, is the stepfather of Sarah or of uh, Alyssa Turney and the father of Sarah Turney. So Alyssa Turney has been missing since 2001. And uh, pretty much the whole world has believed that Michael Turney killed her. Her body has never turned up, like none of, you know, nothing. But um, after lots and lots of pressure from uh, Sarah Turney, who wanted to see her dad face the music for this, uh-huh. he was acquitted. Yeah. And so he has not been charged with anything. Well, well, he was charged, but he has not been convicted of anything. Sarah is or Alyssa is still missing. We still well, really he was convicted on some bomb charges. Yes, yes, some explosive charges. Shit. Yeah, yeah. He did ten years in prison for that, but mm-hmm. now he is suing um, for uh, three hundred thousand dollars in damages in a civil complaint mm-hmm. uh, in Maricopa County. Can, can you believe this is in Maricopa County? Mm-hmm. That's where Lori Vallow is currently being held. Mm-hmm. Is in Maricopa County, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and uh, Spring Thibodeau, yeah. So he is 75 at this point. He served a couple of years in jail because he couldn't bond out, his bond was like five hundred thousand dollars, and then was acquitted. So he is now suing the city of Phoenix, Maricopa County, uh, current Phoenix police chief Michael Sullivan, Uh and his predecessor Jerry Williams and two officers, Maricopa County attorney, Rachel Mitchell, and her predecessor, Alistair Adele, also a prosecutor and former Sheriff Paul Penzone. Uh Um, In the suit, he says that in August 2020, when he was arrested by the Phoenix police, uh, it was a military operation with one officer picking him up off the ground and placing his fist in his throat. you know, the, the hard part about this is that there just really isn't any evidence yeah. against him. There are some circumstantial things and there are definite concerns, but I mean, her body's never even been found. There's no, you can't even prove that she's dead. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Spinster says, I am in Maricopa County in Mesa. Well, and yes, that is where Jody Arias is as well. Yeah, Yeah. I know. It's just a weird, like, what the hell, Maricopa County? So now he is suing them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, whatever any of us may think, he was acquitted. Yeah. So we do have to be careful about how we speak about him because he was acquitted of that murder. Mm -hmm. And it was really sad because Sarah Turney has worked her entire adult life to try to get some uh justice justice for her sister Alyssa and uh it was a huge punch in the gut for all of us for Sarah especially of course but for everyone who'd followed this case for all these years it was but Maricopa County put up a very lackluster uh prosecution it was really have a case not much there was so much pressure to get him in front of a jury Mm -hmm. and uh Yep. Unfortunately, they couldn't prove it. Nope. And now he's been acquitted, so they never will prove it. Nope. 
So he says he doesn't expect to get a dime, but he thinks that he's owed. So that's what's happening now. Unless he's suing. Mm -hmm. I just hope that Sarah is safe. Yeah. Um, because he has been a scary guy. He was gonna he was gonna bomb an, an electrician's uh like union order kind of thing that he was mad 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 at and fighting with mm. and had all these homemade explosives in his house. I mean, he's he's a scary dude. He did 10 yeah. years for that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I hope Sarah's safe. That's all I have to say about that. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Great weather now, right now though, in Arizona. I'll bet it is. Ooh, I'll be yeah. in Tucson in a couple of months. It better stay nice. <laughs> <laughs> I would it imagine will. it'll be even nicer by then. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. Hey, hey, look at my mug I didn't steal from Target. Oh, you actually purchased? Oh, no, that's the one you got for Christmas. <laughs> I got it as a gift. But yeah, I'm just I'm just still laughing about that woman that got <laughs> pulled over by the cops with a whole trunk load of $2,500 worth of Stanley mugs. Mm -hmm. And a DUI, because I guess that's what you do if you're going to go steal a bunch of mugs from Target is get drunk first. My God. Apparently it is. Oh, dear. Let's oh. talk about Chad Doerman. Oh, let's do. First, though, Rombohedral says, I am here with my new Russian blue kitten. Oh, I love Russian blues. Oh. My old my old kitty, Herbie, who passed away a few years ago, was a Russian blue, and he was such a sweet boy. Yeah. Oh. I love it. Yeah. So, Chad Doerman, this is the guy who murdered his three children, his three little boys oh. on the lawn. Uh, last summer, right in front of his wife, and she was trying yeah. to prevent it. His stepdaughter was running down the street screaming for help. Uh, also witnessed some of the aftermath or, or some of the murders. It was horrifying. Well, Chad Dorman, is, he's set to go to trial in a few months, and he's now saying that uh, he wants his confession thrown out. I don't know if it'll help you, Chad. I really don't. I, I suspect it won't. But he says mm -hmm. his attorneys say that during his inter interrogation, he invoked his right to counsel at least twice, but detectives ignored his request. Which, if I mean, that's true, that's really bad. That is really bad. But is it, in fact, true? Yeah. And also, does it matter when there were actual eyewitnesses to these murders? Right. People physically saw these murders occur. Right. Uh, according to the legal filing, two senior detectives joined forces to exploit Mr. Doerman's ignorance of the law, obvious confusion, and mental issues to extract constitutionally tainted statements from him. Well, the judge will have to decide if they think that's actually true or not. Yeah. But uh, we do know that he shot and killed his sons. They were three, four, and seven, right on the lawn, right in front of his wife. Yeah. It's just really horrifying. So it it's is. pretty gross, honestly. And the fact that he is fighting this this hard mm -hmm. just tells you what a terrible human he is. Mm -hmm. So bad. Yep. So, so bad. So at this point, uh, we'll wait and see what the judge says. But again, I don't think it'll help him that much, even if they do throw out his confession. So what? His wife and stepdaughter watched it happen. Yeah. They witnessed it. That yeah. you can't take that away. Yep. This is disgusting. Yeah. But here we are. So speaking of discussing, talk to us about Michelle Traconis. Oh boy. Okay. So 
Michelle's trial is marching on. This is the um, Jennifer Dulos murder. And Michelle Traconis was the current girlfriend of uh, Fotis Dulos. And, you know, she, she, uh, she helped clean up. And she was also present when they were dumping evidence in various uh, dumpsters around town. Uh, so she is on trial for her participation um, in, at least after the fact, in helping conceal the crime. Mm -hmm. uh, they were in court today, and they showed some evidence of a soap, a blood-soaked bra, zip ties, and a razor that were recovered from a trash can that she and Fotis visited. And they were driving around, throwing trash in like storm drains and in various dumpsters, like splitting up the uh, evidence that they, after they cleaned it up, because she helped clean up afterward. And she said yeah. she wasn't cleaning up Jennifer. She was just helping clean up, except mm -hmm. there was so much blood at that scene that they have been able to declare Jennifer Dulos dead, even though they don't have her body. Like yeah. there was so much bloodshed there that there's no way she could have lived. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was big today because here, you know, it was actually like clothing and a weapon with Jennifer Dulos's blood on them. And they have. So what happened is that as they're driving around doing this, they're like people kind of forget that, uh, you know, there's surveillance cameras everywhere now. People's ring doorbells, businesses, everything. And so uh, there was lots of video of them dumping this stuff in various uh -huh. places. So, yeah. you know, they're just showing she was present when they dumped this particular um, evidence. And it's it's Jennifer Dulos's bra, bloody with zip ties and a razor. Wow. So hopefully, you know, bye-bye, uh, uh, Michelle Traconis. Yeah. In, and, you know, food, uh, Fotis killed himself in jail. And so she's really um, taking it for the team here. But she's the only one holding she, the bag. She chose to help with this. I don't know what to tell her, you know. Right. So, Instead of, I don't know, calling the police, you know, doing the yeah. correct thing, the human thing. I have no sympathy for Michelle at all. This case kills me, too, because they've had such a hard time with the jury. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Right after the jury was was seated, like a day after or a couple days after, at lunch, one of the jurors called out to one of the prosecutors, I love you. You're doing a great job. So anyway, she got immediately sent home, obviously. What yeah. the hell? So bye-bye. <laughs> And then another juror was excused. Uh, a mistrial was nearly claimed, called uh, because of some social media activity with jurors. What in the hell, man? I am absolutely certain the rules were explained to you people. I mean, come Most on. Definitely. It's insane. JR said, uh, I heard Mormons believe that the husband is the only one that can approve the wife to be in heaven. Is this true? Uh I wouldn't say that's exactly true, but when Mormons go through the temple, they're given secret names and the wife is 
The husband is the only person that's supposed to know the wife's secret name and would have to know her secret name to escort her into heaven. So I guess kind of what you're saying. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, you yeah. have to have that or you're not going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, the secret name applies to anyone who went through the temple that day. So a lot of people actually do have the same name. So I don't know how that works. but Everybody on that day. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yes, the Shonda Vander Ark uh, sentencing. Holy Shitola. I, we should have put that one on here. Mm. She's the one that um, basically abused and starved her son to death. And her children, uh, her other children's testimony, like like um, victim impact statements, unreal. Yeah. And the judge's absolute takedown of her was, I mean, it is... It, it will be used in in criminal uh like law school for sure oh yeah and she didn't give a flying fuck about any of it uh -uh. she had kind of an ignorant snotty look on her face through all of it uh -huh. she had no emotional reaction at all to her children just telling her exactly where to shove it and you know it was really good yeah because that horrible. case is so horrific we haven't covered it because sometimes it's really hard to cover those like really horrific child abuse cases. They're tough. Mm -hmm. We'll but take I did some watch. of them, but not all of them for these reasons. Yeah. Yeah. We just can't do them all. But oh my gosh, the judge's, the judge's statement to her was amazing. Yeah. 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 She, but she doesn't, didn't care at all. Had no response, no reaction at all when her son and daughter testified. Like it was Oh, it was rough, man. She needs mm -hmm. to go away forever. No one ever should have. To Everyone else was just shook by all of it, especially the judge. Oh, yeah. And she was just like, blah. Whatever. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Oh, yeah. Ron Behedra, she did. The way she looked was real weird. Her hair braided really severely. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Robin Hedrel says she looked like one of those World War II German camp women guards. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely soulless. Yeah. Awful. Uh, speaking of soulless and awful, uh, let's talk about Delphi. Oh, boy. So last week was the big win. Can I do win. it without screaming? No, <laughs> you're all going to scream if you haven't already heard this. So yeah. last week was the, the big win, the kind of win, right? The Supreme mm -hmm. Court said, yes, these attorneys can be on the case. That's going to happen immediately. But no, we're not taking Judge Gold off the case. Well, well I'll bet they're regretting that now because well, Judge Gold immediately decided to be a big bitch. And without any hearing at all, went ahead and denied the motion for the Franks hearing. Mm -hmm. which is so crazy because it was over the summer is when she told the attorneys, if you think these things are true, then you're going to have to file for a Frank's hearing. So they were like, bet. So they did. And then she was like, Oh, you guys suck. And you're letting out evidence and I'm kicking you out of here without a hearing. Uh, she has ha had hardly any hearings in Delphi. No, they she doesn't. She just repeatedly does whatever she wants without them. Yeah. Uh, filed repeatedly to uh, 
they have to get Richard Allen moved out of the supermax prison he was in. Uh, and then sometime, for some reason that we still don't know, in the dead of night recently, he was moved from one supermax to another. Yeah. And then, of course, in the meantime, she threw his attorneys off of the case and they tried to get back on and she said no and, you know, completely mm -hmm. denied Richard Allen his rights over and over again. And again, let's remember, Richard Allen is innocent until proven guilty. This man has right. not been convicted of anything. And he's is being also treated, a veteran. Yeah. The treatment of him is so disgusting. I can't. It's just terrifying. The country he defended is violating all of his rights and treating him in this manner. It is yeah. something else. So anyway, then, of course, the uh, the filings came in to go to clear to the Supreme Court to try to uh, preserve the defendant's rights, which is what happened. So blah, blah, blah. We've talked about a lot of this. Um, one of the things that Baldwin and Rossi, the original attorneys, were saying, and this is what they said in their motion for the Franks hearing, is that they believe that uh, the sheriff and prosecutor have lied to the judge that they lied to the judge uh, about things that got them the warrant to search Richard Allen's house. Right. They provided a lot of proof. The brief was 138 pages long. They mm -hmm. also said that they believe that there is a conspiracy in Delphi with a group of people called Odinists that are practicing some kind of white supremacy slash mystical slash I, some kind of a group, a, a white supremacist group, and mm -hmm. that some of the guards in the prison are Odinists. Well, guess what? The second attorneys supported that and supported the Frank's brief and said, in the new jail, there are the new prison. There are Odinists that are his guards. They have the Odinist tattoo on their face. They wear a patch on their uniform. Like, we have to get him out of here. In the new prison, they said they are violating his rights to be to meet with his attorneys. They yeah. He can't meet with his attorneys without some of these people standing here listening to what we're saying. Uh, it, it, all of it. Like, it is so bad. It's all so bad. So anyway, Baldwin and Rosby were reinstated. The other attorneys have now filed to be removed from the case. So these are things we already know but just to bring you uh, up to speed. But here's what you don't know that is so wild. So when the new attorneys were put on the case, Judge Gull on November 14th entered into the official record. If defendants new counsel informed the court they intend to pursue the Franks motion, the court will set, schedule a hearing. And then in another filing, a couple of weeks later, she reiterates that, that let me know if you want to adopt this Frank's motion and we'll go ahead and schedule a hearing. Well, last week, as soon as the uh, Supreme Court ruled, she said, oh, hey, on that Frank's hearing, go fuck yourselves. I'm denying it without a hearing. We're not going to even do yeah. it. I don't think you proved anything. We're not having it. And She's also just doing the same shit. Mm -hmm. And then she said, oh, and also, uh, on that uh, little bit about wanting to impeach the uh, the search of Richard Allen's house, you can yeah. go fuck yourselves on that one too, because we're not having a hearing on that. I'm not. I'm not hearing it. We're just not doing yeah. it. What the hell is she doing? The only thing, the filing that's still out there that she hasn't ruled on, that was from the 
the new attorneys that are now the old attorneys, uh, that they filed too to get him moved out of a, a prison and into a jail immediately because his yeah. mental health and physical health has deteriorated to a really frightening place. And she's just failing to rule on that like she has been all along. What it is the hell insane. is happening? Well, and the fact that, like, if the original attorneys were full of shit and weren't doing the right thing, then these second attorneys would not have agreed with them. Right. But they agree with them. They're like, no, this is really happening. We've got to do something here. Mm -hmm. I, if Richard Allen survives to even see trial, I will be very surprised. This is the biggest miscarriage of justice that is happening right now. It's I don't know if biggest is fair because there's so much racial injustice in the U.S. courts that I probably shouldn't say that. But uh, truly, though, this is so egregious. It is so scary that this can happen yes. to a U.S. citizen that has not been convicted of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying Richard Allen is guilty or not, though. Personally, I think he's not. But I, regardless, regardless, it doesn't matter. This is not how our criminal justice system is supposed to work. This is not how no. our courts are supposed to operate. But no. Judge Goal, what the hell are you doing? I mean, the Supreme Court was like, we're not going to remove her from the case. But they kind of were like, this is how, you know, things need to proceed in a more orderly manner and more uh, legal manner. And she just immediately jumped in with both feet and did this. Her bias is very clear. She needs to recuse herself immediately or the Supreme Court who could, without any uh, other filing, could still remove her and could, but they've, it's like they've empowered her. Yeah. Yep. Right. If he dies, they can wash their hands with the case and say that he was the one. Yep. So Ugh. they can try to appeal her rulings, but they probably won't. What I'm hearing from most uh, true crime attorneys that uh, you know it, chime in on these cases is that what they will do right now is just make a very complete record of her behavior and her denial of Richard Allen's rights so that post-trial, if we ever get there, uh, they'll be able to uh, appeal this case. And they have appeals upon appeals upon appeals because of all a very valid appeals that will probably go places. This is not justice. This is not justice for the girls. This is not justice no. for their families. But right. I can imagine who, how the families must be feeling about this. Who the hell are they, are they protecting? Who is she protecting? Why is she doing this? Is this the way she has been in other cases? What are other attorneys experiences with right. her and other defendants attorneys with her i'm very curious to know mm -hmm. and right christine if he dies they can just wash their hands of this case and say well the perp mm -hmm. is gone it's done and over with done and done well and that was really the point that the supreme court justices made was mm -hmm. why why should we remove the judge when this could all just be uh taken care of an appeal mm -hmm. except for Will he survive to appeal? I think that's the just the, the why should he that, have to? Right. Why should he have to? This man's entire life has been destroyed. And if he's guilty, which or if he's innocent, which right now we have to assume he is until right. he's proven guilty, he has lost everything. Yeah. It's just I, I don't know what to say. I'm horrified by this case and I'm so angry and I'm so scared for Richard Allen, I just don't even know what to say. Um, 
but that's all I have to say on that. That's, that's what we know. It's insane. So uh, very briefly, the Murdaugh hearing and his yes. and uh, Alec Murdaugh's bid for a new trial is on, it's supposed to start on Monday, but actually it's going to start on Friday because yeah. uh, one of the jurors cannot be there to testify on Monday. And so they're actually going to start taking testimony on Friday. Uh, one interesting thing is the attorney, if you guys uh, watched the initial, uh, the, the hearing last week, one of the, this was the white haired attorney, Joe McCulloch. He had a heart attack a couple of days ago. He's one of the attorneys for one of the jurors. Oh, right. And the judge said, you know what? We're going to keep the ball rolling here. We're not going to delay for, for this. And mm -hmm. I do know that Eric Bland has picked up another juror or two and his team. So it, it may have been those, the, there was a rumor that the egg lady was actually one of at least his uh, charges and she's not even going to take the stand. So that won't matter. But at any rate, mm -hmm. so hopefully Joe is okay. That's really sad and scary, but uh, mm. at any rate, that's what's happening. So we'll definitely be keeping a really close eye on that and be talking about oh, it yeah. quite a bit. Tuesday, uh, Chad Daybell has a hearing at 9.30 a.m. And we will be streaming that one, you know, so long as it's uh, on the judge's YouTube, which I believe it will be. Yeah. That's just a motions hearing. You know, they're getting ready to go to trial. I mean, trial starts yeah. in two months. So <laughs> trial, trial be happening. <laughs> I'll be happening. Because you know that uh, Pryor said last week that he wanted off the case. And the judge said, no, no, no. So he's You're staying, buddy. Staying. Uh, the other thing that happened in Daybell is that there's an interesting order from the judge. This is an order to unseal an August 25th, 2023 order on motion to appoint co-counsel. You know, Pryor was uh, referencing things that none of us had heard about. Like mm -hmm. the ta Chad had, be had been declared indigent. We didn't know that. That was also a surprise to the prosecution. Yeah. Well, there's been some ex parte uh, meetings between the judge and Pryor and, and Chad, and they've discussed these things. So anyway, mm -hmm. it has been unsealed. I didn't see it or realize it was actually posted until right before we came uh, live. And so I haven't necessarily read it or I haven't read all of it, but I will say this. I, I wanted to read one part of it. Without further information, co counsel that co counsel had entered the case, the court called a hearing on February 9th, 2023, to inquire as to the status of representation. This was shortly after Chad was declared indigent. The court again called a hearing on February 23rd, 2023, because remember, they were getting ready to go to trial at that point. Right. Yeah. Or thought they were. At each hearing, the court has been advised that Mr. Daybell desires to have his retained attorney remain on the case. At each hearing, the court observed Daybell affirmatively represent through spoken word or nodding that his intention is to have John Pryor continue to represent his, him in this capital case. Mm -hmm. Notably, at each hearing, Mr. Pryor has represented to the court that counsel has explained to his client that if counsel were to withdraw, the court would be required to appoint two capital qualified death or a qual capital qualified public defenders as Daybell mm -hmm. has been deemed indigent and is facing the death penalty. However, despite this advisement of rights under ICR 44, 
From both court and through counsel, Daybell has continually and unequivocally asserted his decision to have Mr. Pryor represent him at trial with or without additional counsel. While Mr. Pryor has stated that he would benefit from the assistance of additional counsel, the court is without authority to conscript counsel where a privately retained attorney remains as counsel of record. Given the representations of Daybell, his counsel, and upon full consideration of the court, the court finds no legal basis to take any action in regards to the issue of the existing attorney-client relationship at this time. Instead, the court is satisfied that Daybell is exercising his fundamental constitutional right to the counsel of his choice and has been fully advised of his options relating to representation in this matter. Should Daybell find an attorney qualified under ICR 444 who is willing to assist in the defense of the case, the court has already authorized the payment of counsel at the existing rate for public defenders. So that was back in July. So if you're wondering why the judge at this point now is like, you're not leaving this case, motherfucker. This is mm -hmm. why. Yeah. Because they've been talking about this for a full year. Yeah. And this Prior is also done why. Nothing. Yep. And this is also why Chad will not be able to come back on appeal and say that he had inadequate counsel because he has agreed right. to this inadequate counsel repeatedly. Yep. So pretty interesting. It's yeah. it's really interesting. And, and to know that this was all going on behind the scenes all of this time. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So now we know. So that's pretty interesting, but really helps you to understand the ire of the judge at this point going, we are two months from trial. You fools have been assuring me for a straight year that you were okay with what you had. I have given you money. I gave you money a year ago to bring in a second attorney on. You've never done it. Too bad, this so is, sad. Yep. We're going. We're going. You've had the time you've had. Insane. Yeah. It's so egregious. It's crazy. Is this some of the dumbest strategy? I've wondered, Sherry, what kind of strategy this is. Yeah. 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 Interesting unsealing. I, I'm glad he did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it kind of explained because all of this just seemed out of the blue and it really clearly isn't. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, back to Murdaugh to answer a question for Lindsay this Friday in two days, Friday, the 26th. Yep. is when they're going to start. That's when the judge is going to question the first juror. The rest of it, I believe, will start on Monday with Murdaugh. So yep. that's what's up. I think we got everything, didn't we? Whew, yeah, I think so. That was a bunch. Crazy. So much happening right now. Mm -hmm. Yep, that was all of it. Yeah, so we'll be back tomorrow with another case. And yeah, no one wants to work with Pryor or defend Chad. Agreed. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that attorneys have turned it down because they're like, uh, this is stupid. He should have pled by now. The hell are you doing taking this to trial? I, I, I just can't imagine that any decent attorneys are looking at this going, I don't want to get involved in this disaster. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that's true. But also, Pryor has not wanted help. And he has been very loud about that. And I don't know. He I can't has imagine. his own strategy. Yeah. If this is it, uh, 
Hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. Don't know what to say. So, but it's at any rate. Chad keeps choosing it, so. Yeah. Whatever, we'll be then. back tomorrow. I have the most hilarious uh, dumb criminal for you tomorrow. I can't even wait. I almost gave it to you tonight, mm -hmm. but we had so many other things. I decided to wait until tomorrow, but oh my gosh. Oh, People I be wild, wait. man. <laughs> so it is true. wild. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. All righty, you guys. Well, that's it. Please take good care of yourselves. Please stay safe. Stay warm. Mm -hmm. Stay. Do all the good things. And <laughs> we'll stay be away back. from those crazy Stanley mug girlies. You know. Yeah. Whatever. But just don't don't go there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all righty. Well, this has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody. <laughs>